Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fox and Burger Podcast. I'm your co-host, the Matcha Fox. And I am Burger the Bull. And for today's episode, we're going back to the heart of Asia. That's right, Taiwan. Our guest of honor today has been someone on our list for a very, very long time. He's yellow, he's a cat, you guessed it, it's JC, the yellow cat from Taiwan. JC has been in the fandom for almost 20 years and is the current con chair of Infernity, the largest fur con here in Taiwan. Today we'll be asking him questions about Infernity and Taiwanese furries overall. Plus, we'll get to hear some questions from you guys, the audience, as well. So, without further ado, let's give him a big meow for finally being on the pod. Meow meow. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, JC, thank you so much for being on the pod. Hey, hello everyone. I'm JC. So thanks for inviting me to join your podcast. And I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we're very happy to have you along the ride as well. I have only personally spoken with you over email and, and text and telegram and all that. Mm. So it's good to finally um, hear your voice over Discord. Yeah, uh, we, we even haven't met yeah, yet. Yeah, we need to meet. Yeah, we, we for sure need to meet. I think I've met JC, like, beginning, what was it, like, uh, 2018, January, New, New Year's Day, I think it was, ah, yeah, um, yeah. as a hangout. But I, I think that, you know, getting JC on the pod was something we wanted to do, and I'm glad that we're coming at a time that we've matured. You know, we've, we've done the pod for about a year. This is actually our first interview for 2022, technically, like, recorded interview. So uh, the honor goes to JC. So without further ado, though, JC, could you please briefly tell us what your fursona is and how you joined the fandom? Okay, so my fursona is very simple. I am a completely yellow house cat. Uh, he has a bunch of hair, triangular check fur, and a bandage on his tail. He wears sunglasses all the time. And I also have a big cat version which is like a Puma Caracol hybrid, but without sunglasses. And I have had my fursona since I was very little, like 12 or 13. So um, I created this image not because of the furry fandom, but because I was drawing comics and donjin sheets, and I need an image for myself to better represent myself in the books. And all my friends and classmates all think I'm like a cat. So this cat image just came out. I don't even know why he's yellow, but he's just <laughs> like that. Well, however, I gave him sunglasses because I don't know what kind of eyes I should give him. So I thought, why not just give him sunglasses and make him look cooler? I... I... Uh, I agree, it does look cool. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So, there's no story or any background for him. He's just me, and has been with me for over 20 years. So, <clears throat> I don't want to change him. I know some people change their personas from time to time, but my mm -hmm. yellow cat is just all the same. And how did I join the fandom? Well, uh, it was a really long time ago. I have loved animals and animal characters since I was a kid. Regardless enjoying the fandom, I think that was back in the early 2000s. 
We didn't have any furry fandom-like thing in Taiwan. So I joined the Lion King fan art artist community through the internet,、mm-hmm. and I met many artists from all over the world. Some are furry artists too, and they brought me to other forums and art websites. Then I met more furry artists, and we did art trade and chat a bit on those forums. I didn't realize I joined the fandom. But I think that's how everything started. I will say that loving animals and have a zeal to draw them is my nature, and I always want to be an animal, no matter if it's a dog or a cat or a tiger. If you think like a furry, then I can say that I was born as a furry. I just didn't know that when I met those artists. I only know that I finally found a group of people that have the same interest as me. So I only know that I love to meet and communicate with them. And after so many years passed, now I will say, yeah, I'm definitely a furry. But I can tell when I know this fact. That's. I think that's interesting because I remember our interview with Kofu. His First introduction with the fandom was also with the Lion King and the Lion King community、mm-hmm. before he went into the furry fandom proper. Yeah, I know Kovu、uh, also because of the Lion King. Oh wow, full circle!、Mm-hmm. Should have had him on the show. Well, in this episode, who who is your favorite character from the Lion King? I'm kind of curious. Oh, Kovu. <laughs> Not that Kovu. It's the it's that dark. Darkest lion in、mm. in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the two thousands, and everyone loved their their edge edgy characters. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to section two, our guest spotlight, where we talk more about JC and Infernity. Actually, so we know that Infernity has grown from a small one day con with sixty two attendees、uh, back in twenty fifteen, I believe it was. If we fast forward to twenty nineteen. Um, Infernity was a two-day con, is that right? Yeah. With a thousand and two hundred four people, and all these numbers are from Wikifer. So if I'm wrong, then blame Wikifer.、Um, but I just want to say that that's a huge growth,、um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later about the growth. But like, I, I just want to know what were some of the challenges that you faced along the way, and and I know there's going to be a lot. So maybe just give us like a few. Whoa, challenges? Which part? <laughs> I would say everything is a challenge. Wow.、Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think、uh, I already mentioned that in another panel that calls "Ask the Conchairs,"、mm-hmm. uh, Infinity Online's panel. Yeah, we can flash that on the screen、um, or whatever. We'll throw it into the video description for you guys to watch. It's a really good panel.、Mm-hmm. So I,、uh, but I think the biggest one is since a furry convention is a thing that I experienced in the U.S. Not many people in Taiwan know what is until you really attend one. So <clears throat> when I said I want to run a con, not many people know what I really want to do.、Mm. Even my my staff members had very different ideas about the event. So to my staff, to Taiwan furries, to the hotel or the venue, I have to work very hard to let them understand what a con is.
Mm-hmm. I can't just rent a hotel and ask people to come and stay two or more nights there. Right. They won't get <laughs> why they have to spend so much money on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to start everything from small, then slowly up to big. And it took so many years to actually make a real fur come, come true. So um, I could say more about this topic, actually. <laughs> But it may take too much time, so we can <laughs> move on to the next questions. Sure. Right, yeah. So I'll bring up some more numbers as well. For comparison, in the U.S., it's closer to 330 million people, where over in Taiwan, it's more like 23 or 23 million, yeah. Because of this, and because of how many furries there are, in the U.S. versus how many there are in Taiwan, did you ever feel like maybe there weren't enough uh, furries in Taiwan to justify having this event? Yeah, I know Taiwan is not big, and the number of, of Taiwanese furries is, of course, much less. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why when I started Infinity, I didn't plan on making it big. I found a place that only needs 50 people to join, and we will cover the cost. And later on, we moved to a real hotel until Infinity 2017, which was our third Infinity. And that's all because I knew we needed more attendees to make that happen. But I always believe we will have enough people to make things bigger. It just takes time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that reminds me of when uh, I was first going to Texas Furry Fiesta and how many hotels it changed mm-hmm. and how many venues it went mm-hmm. through. And that one started back in 2009. Uh, and then it just grew and grew until it's over in the downtown Dallas area in like one of the biggest hotels right next to a, a pretty cool little landmark. Mm. And how many people do they have nowadays for, uh, T- we're talking about TFF, right? How many people, like, 5K? I want to say 5 or 6K. Yeah. Close, yeah. Uh, more than 5,000, mm-hmm. yeah. I believe even though there are so many different furry conventions around the world, even in the U.S., mm-hmm. each of them has something that makes it specific, something that makes it unique, something that would make you want to choose one over the other. So what do you think Taiwan's specialty would be? What makes Infernity unique, basically? Uh, I actually don't know. <laughs> That's why I asked you, Michael, to do that. Well, interviewed with other uh, attendees mm-hmm. from board. We can flash on the screen again, yay, for self-promotion. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always wonder why people keep coming back again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, Infinity is kind of like my idea of bringing the experience that I had in other fur cons back to Taiwan. So, what we do is just very similar to other fur cons. I believe most fur cons learn from each other as well. Right. So, it's hard for me to pick just one or two that make us unique. But I always saw that. There are so many things that other cons did better, or so many things that we did not do well enough. And of course, I still want to make something special. It just takes time. And also, we need more staff to help. 
Can I ask a quick question here um, about staff members, actually? Like, when you first started out, like, did you guys, did you feel like you guys had enough staff members slash volunteers when you first started out? Oh, it's not enough. Mm. Gosh. <laughs> right, right. That's a problem that I think all the con chairs have. We all uh, think we have not enough staff. Mm -hmm, we yeah. always need more people to help. Right. But uh, so far from what I heard from others, the attendees could see our hard work for Infinity did in many places. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, some people loved the pa uh, parade, some loved the DJ night, some loved the room party, some loved the international communication, <laughs> mm -hmm. and some loved the perfect size that Infinity had, and how it's easier to meet new friends or people, uh, which is different than uh, at US cons, where there's too many people, so it's hard to meet new people. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also think maybe the country, the culture, and the local people are all very important. Sometimes we visit different cons in different countries, not just for the con, but also for traveling, enjoying their culture, and making friends there. Yeah, so maybe I missed a lot of things that you think are special. Please let me know so we can keep yeah. that and do it better. Well, I have two points. One is that, yes, I, I, you mentioned about like the attendees could see the hard work that you guys have done for the con. And I think that's true. I Even I can feel it. I'm a foreigner. I've been going to Inferity for um, ever since 2017. So like what, the three plus years or whatever. And I, and I was there at both online conventions. And as an attendee, I really feel like you guys have done such a good job with Infernity. And I'm not just saying that because like we're friends and I'm trying to make you look good. Like I really feel like you guys have worked very hard on this. I feel like you guys are very organized. And I think that a lot of people can see that. So, you know, definitely give yourself a pat on the back for all the hard work you've done. And then the other thing that I like about you and your staff, uh, which is actually the last thing you mentioned is that I think you're always open to criticism, open to suggestion, like how do we prove the con? How do we make our attendees feel better, I guess? And I think like that's also things that I've kind of learned in my life as well. I, I learned a little bit from you and I kind of apply some of the same things that you've done for the podcast, but I don't know. Um, like Berger, I know you haven't been to a physical infernity, but like what were your thoughts for like the two online conventions? Uh, just from my experience, it was pretty fun. Mostly it was me watching the, the live streams mm -hmm. But, like, even the virtual little world that you created for the event, like, I think that I didn't get the most out of it just because most of the attendees were mainly not English speakers like I was. Like, maybe still only a couple of them knew English, but it was still a fun event just as something to do to meet other furries and talk with them, have some activities, watch some uh, cool videos. Yeah, that's that's what I got out of it. I'm surprised yeah, I, even just for the online con, you can still have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think like I I definitely love both. Like I'm I'm weird because like I actually like these kinds of you know online cons, and I I remember I was there for rally back in like 2020, was it? The year of COVID, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, for Infinity Online 2.0, uh, you asked us to do the uh, panel, which you know, we 
put a lot of hours into and I had a lot of fun with it as well. So if we count the two online conventions and we add uh, them to like the physical conventions, uh, technically Inferno has been running for seven years, if my math is correct. That's kind of a long time, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so how do you feel about that, though? Like, have you ever imagined yourself like running a con for that long? But then not only just that, but then also like gaining so many attendees. Well, you know what? When I made the first Infinity Happen, I just planning to run for like three years. And really? then I, then, yeah, and I planned on handing it over to someone else. Wow. <laughs> I never expect that I would do this as a life career, but mm -hmm. every year I will find things that we can improve. I get more ideas that I want to make then the time that I spend on them become longer and longer. Then I know I can't leave to someone else just like that. Mm. Now it's like one of the biggest thing to me every year. As for the attendees, well, I always worry whether or not we will have enough attendees every year. I'm very surprised the attending numbers increase that fast each year. Right, right. It seems unusual for most cons, but I don't know why. <laughs> but the attending is the main rule, the very basic part of the con. And we can't make a con if no one comes. So I'm still grateful for all the attendees and sponsors. Yeah. I just don't know why they <laughs> increased that fast. 1,000, man. That was so amazing. 1,000 people for Infirmary 2019. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so going back to the online conventions, what were what do you think are some pros and some cons for hosting an online event? What are some benefits and what are some disadvantages? Mm, I have to say the online event was the only option that we had because of this COVID pandemic. We can't say it was the best solution for all kinds of furries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at least we can still do something. Uh, the things that we learned from the online event was all about streaming technology, VR chat world building, video editing, and website building. The good thing is that it costs less money to hold shows and panels online. However, it is still different from an in-person con. Uh, also, the pandemic in Taiwan is not as serious like in other countries. Yeah. So there are still many small meetings that happened during these two years. And it's hard to ask people to stay at home and just watch those panels on their screens. There are these two years were a special experience. And we will try to apply what we have learned for future events. I think it, uh, Taiwan was like one of the few countries in the world that was successfully able to, to contain COVID. And I know other countries have done it as well, but I think Taiwan to me is like the best example. And it's funny because when I said, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends or oh, I'm going to go to this meetup or hang out, I, I told some of my friends and they're like, whoa, this guy's going to a convention. Isn't there, isn't there a pandemic? I'm like, look up Taiwan and look at the number infected in Taiwan in like 2020 or 2021 before the second and third wave. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think Taiwan is very like fortunate to um yeah. have not been hit hard by the pandemic. 
Um, and we know mm. that that has not been the case for other countries. Yeah, we actually still want to have uh, in-person calm mm-hmm. that, uh, during these two years. Actually, in, it's in a struggle. <laughs> Mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm. know if we want to make it or if we have to make an online con considering the risk and if there is something serious situation happen we have yeah. to yeah. cut off everything immediately and mm-hmm. refund attendings so it's it will be a big trouble so right. that's right. why we just say okay let's have an online con <laughs> no civic, civic con this year mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken i think it was was it 2021 last year where it was going to be like like maybe it was going to be physical, yeah but then i we, think we had the second wave right the second yeah wave, PR, it PR just PR. happened in may yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. that was really unfortunate but i still think you guys did such a great job and uh i mean it gave us the opportunity to do the panel but yeah like I, it's very unfortunate like i know it's a little bit poor because like burger has been living here for like what over a year but he hasn't been to infernity yet so I feel bad. I feel bad. I'm always thinking, like, oh man, poor Burger. When every time, every time we talk about convention stories, like he, he kind of doesn't know how Fernie's like. Well, yeah, we hope we will have one this year. So I want to move on and kind of wrap up the section here about Infernity. Kind of a question, talking more about the future, I guess. And again, you don't have to tell us too much if if you if it's too private. But I guess we just kind of wanted to know, like, what's like the next goal for Infernity. Uh, you know, the history of Fermi's in Taiwan is not like in the U.S. or Europe. We start to have small Fermi's basically because of fursuits. People got fursuits, so we went out, hang out, took photos, stuff like that. So when there is a fur count taking place at a hotel, local furs would usually think that's an event for fursuits. And, and those mm-hmm. didn't have a suit or who aren't interested in fursuits would not join it. But I want to make a con for all types of furries, not just for fursuits. But yeah, we have many events for fursuiters, but mm-hmm. I also want to end different kinds of activities for non-fursuiters. So as I said, it takes time and needs more yeah. staff to help. <laughs> But that's our goal, trying to make a con for all types of furries to enjoy. That's always a good, noble cause. I think that's something that every convention tries to balance out as Mm -hmm. well, because when I chatted with a few staff members from Furry Fiesta, actually, uh, during or after the, the convention, some of them mentioned how either at Texas Furry Fiesta or at different conventions, there would be like one or two staff members who was just like, you know what? I hate fursuits. I hate them. Don't want anything to do with them. But they were still on staff and they like were able to work out Mm. with the rest of the convention to have like fursuiters having their own section. And here's one for the artists. Here's one for musicians and the Mm -hmm. little concert thing, you know, all sorts of stuff for different niches within the furry fandom. Yeah, I I hope we could be like that in the future. I think you guys have done such a great job so far. Um, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm probably always going to say stuff like that, but I really do mean it this time where I think you guys have worked really hard. And thank you so much for telling us a lot about Infernity. Again, I want to remind you guys that JC did have a panel for Infernity Online 2.0 about uh, Ask the Con Chairs. 
So if you want to know more about Infernity, please go over to... Uh, I think that's on the Affinity official YouTube. Is that right, uh, Jason? Yeah. Search, ask the conchers mm -hmm. and the Infinity at YouTube, and you will find it. Awesome. Um, it, I think that was a really good interview as well. Hope to see all of you guys, you, Burger, and everyone at Infinity. If, if it does happen this year, mm -hmm. fingers crossed, please. You can't see me right now, but I've got my fingers crossed. Um, so, all right. All right, thank you so much. Let's move on to our next section, uh, okay. which is uh, one of my personal favorites, um, comparing contrasting fandoms. Uh, this is where we talk more about the fandom itself. Um, uh -huh. And since you are Taiwanese, we like to talk about Taiwanese furries. How would you describe Taiwanese furries like overall? Um, do you think they're shy, talkative, or, or what, are, what are your thoughts? I think these questions is like how to describe Taiwanese people in general. Mm -hmm. I think personality is always case by case. I wouldn't say Taiwan furries are all shy or talkative, but if you compare with other countries, I guess we are more open to accepting different cultures and uh, willing to communicate with foreigners and being friendly. Furries or normal people are just the same, in my opinion. Wow. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I, I oh, mean, you, you live in Taiwan for so many years. What do you think? What, what do I think? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I might have, like, uh, preemptively answered it, but I still kind of think that Taiwanese furries are a little bit shy uh, overall. The way we communicate, for sure, is uh, a little bit different uh, compared to furries in the West, it's so hard to put in words, in my opinion. You know, I think it's hard to put in words. Like, I, I, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't come to you and like show you specific examples. I guess like mm -hmm. it would just have to happen. Like, I would just have to like bring some like American furs and Taiwanese fur together and see how they talk because I just can't think of like the specific examples. But I think they're very friendly though. I think Taiwanese furs are very friendly. I think you're definitely right about like accepting different cultures. I think okay. also there's like a willingness to talk to foreigners. Uh, I mean, you talk to me, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you talk to me, you're on the show, technically for foreigners, non-Taiwanese. And uh, I, I, I think that's my response. I think that probably segues into my next question, though, uh, which, I, again, I was kind of preempting a little bit. And that is like, do you think that culture then has an effect on how Taiwanese furries act? And I'm always so curious about this, like the intersection between like being a furry and being... I don't know, being a Taiwanese person or being an American, because I think like in the U.S. it's common for people to be direct. I, I, I just feel like that's something I hear all the time. And matter of fact, I'm a direct person. I know and Berger can tell you that. And uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I guess like that's my question. Like, do you think what about Taiwan? Do you think that Taiwanese culture affects how you are as a furry? I think there's no difference between regular people and furries in general. If you mm -hmm. see it from a wider view. So if you think US people tend to be direct and Taiwanese people are not so direct, yeah, it, this may be the case for furries more or less. But if we just focus on furries and regular people in Taiwan, I think uh, most young furries may not have enough self-confidence they may feel embarrassed if others know they are furries. So they desire to 
find friends in the fandom. At the same time, they may get hurt or mad easily if they have troubles in their fandom friendships because they value their friends so much.、Uh, I'm not talking about everyone actually, and this may also happen to many teenagers too. But、uh, just according to what I have seen. I think young furries care a lot about their social community.、Uh, some people buy fur suits just only because they want to be popular.、Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that is also a phenomenon in other countries. I may be wrong too. That's just my point of view. Oh, it's definitely in other countries. Like there are definitely times where I've seen in the YouTube comments of some. For YouTubers, like、mm. you have your Majira, your your Beta Eta Delotas, whoever, and there will be some little younger furry, maybe not even thirteen or twelve,、uh, and they're just like, "Oh man, I just want to be like that. I I want to have my first suit too. I want to、uh. be so popular, and everyone loves me, and I like those mean boys at school, Jacob."、Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so it's yeah, not just having Taiwan,、yeah. okay. <laughs> Uh, now, before we started the podcast, you mentioned that you've gone to some conventions outside of Taiwan as well. You went to Anthrocon, yeah, mainly. Yeah. So, what you've seen from Anthrocon, from Infernity, from other communities where furries live,、uh, what do you think would be a main difference between, say, American furries?、Uh, since you've been to Anthrocon, let's just、uh, use American furries in, as an example.、Uh, where are differences between furries there and then the Taiwanese furries? Oh、uh, well, I think the biggest difference is I have seen a lot of crazy things that wow, you wow. can't im- even imagine that happened in U.S. cons.、Mm-hmm. I also have read some very strange con rules, so you may get what actually happened in the past. So I guess it's lucky that Taiwanese furries, or I think I should say furries in, in Asia, are not that crazy. At least they won't throw the hotel TV out of their room windows, or only wear diapers running around. <laughs> so maybe we are less creative, and being all free than U.S. first. But on the other hand, there were fewer problems and chaos during the con. JC has seen some stuff. Yeah, I guess in the West. Even in the furry fandom, there is more of a prominence of individuality and being one true self, and sometimes that does lead to situations where some people get a little bit too selfish or antisocial compared to like how they should be acting. I guess.、Um, I've only I've only been to like with... one. I want to I want to jump. In. I've only been to one U.S. con, and that was TFF in 2019. So I I I want to I want to mention JC like I'm an American furry, but actually I've been to Infernity more than TFF, even though I'm from Texas. And so like I haven't seen the crazy stuff. So I know I know JC has, but man, I I I have not experienced the crazy stuff. Well, I I didn't I didn't really actually saw super crazy thing, but I heard a lot, and you can search a lot on Twitter. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I personally haven't seen super crazy stuff like right before my eyes either, but I have heard things. Let's focus more on other communities in the furry fandom. So you've also been to places like Japan and over to Europe for Eurofurns, I believe. Yeah. 
so comparing that to Taiwan, do you think Taiwan furries are more influenced by the Japanese furry fandoms or more by the Western fandoms in U.S., Europe? Uh, and where exactly can you see those influences uh, that the Taiwan furries have latched onto? I think uh, we are more influenced more by Japan. But not all of us. For me, I'm more influenced by the West more. Yay. So I think the big reason is because of anime, manga, and Dongjinshi's culture. It's also influenced the US these past 10 years too, you know. Uh, you can see the influence of Japanese cultures from all over the stuff around us, like food, shops, items we use, the catch-up phrase that we say about the furry side, the art style, fursuit making style, and even the idea of fursuiting have all been influenced by the Japanese a lot. Mm -hmm. For example, fursuiting is more like being yourself in the West, but in Japan, it's more like being another character who is very different from you. Uh, some people have many fursuit characters and treat them like their children, not themselves. Well, but uh, they are always different cases. So I'm just talking about in yeah. normal cases. All right, yeah, that's very interesting with that sort of distinction there. I'm not sure how I fit along there because I feel like I have some characters or OCs that are just different characters that I like and that I would want to be more like rather than Burger, which is just myself as a furry, mm -hmm. as it ended up being. It wasn't always a bull. I had other characters that I just sort of represented myself in the fandom. One was like a rabbit, one was a, a, a reindeer, um, but right now it's a bull. So I'm not sure if that is what I'm going to be sticking with because, uh, well, I'll, I'll stick with it as long as I can because I do really like Burger. I really like the additions I've given to him, the little ukulele <laughs> that I have him play whenever I'm fursuiting around. Mm -hmm. I'm just Michael the Macho Fox. So I think it's not all... So I said it's not all the case. It's yeah. just uh, no more <laughs> cases. We actually have a few extra questions from our viewers. So first one comes from Ray Ting, a previous guest from on the podcast. His question is, the Taiwanese furry community's attention in, like, the West, the West furry community, it seems to be uh, in recent years with the rise in infernity, basically. So various suit makers and artists as well have been more prominent to Western furries as well. Uh, however, the furry fandom in Taiwan is not necessarily new. It's not like a new fandom. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've had some guests before in other parts of Asia mm -hmm. where... Uh, the furry fandom has been more new. It's only about only been really active for about 10 years or so. But what were the early days of, of furry in Taiwan like? Basically, when did it start? Wow, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> in the early years, we only communicate via website and forms. That was around, I think, 2003 to 2006. I also had a Lion King fans forms and another one for furries. There might have been some other people that are active in other places 
like blood or something. But I guess most people just hang out in those forms, and most of what we did was just showing our art, chatting, discussions, furry topics. I think with the rise of things like Telegram and Discord、yeah. and other、Facebook. instant messaging apps, Facebook, yeah,、uh, where you can just create a small community or server for yourself, those have basically replaced the forums.、Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. So I have made two forms, one、mm-hmm. for Lion King and one for furries.、Mm-hmm. So then I think it's around 2008 that a few people start to make fursuits by themselves, and we had a few fursuiters, but less than ten, and most are self-made, and they will hang out in the holidays or help for pets charity. Then my friend and I made my very first fur suit that year too, and I also got my clockwork suit in 2009. Ah. So I'm also one of those very old fur suiters in early yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, that's the、uh, clockwork creatures, right? Yes. Oh, I love their fur suits.、Mm. I love the realistic style and all that. I could never afford one, but I do look. Li- I-, I do like looking <laughs> at them. Yeah. So I'm so lucky to. Got their first suit, and that's why I went to Enfocon in next year, which is 2010. Then there are some important people who do things to help the community grow. I'm not the only one to push all these processes. Like our very very first fursuiter, who went to Japan and introduced the fursuiting culture to us. Uh, like Zilvan and Takemoto, are the two of the first artists that print and sell furry products in the Dongjinshi comic event. I didn't know that. I thought that was really cool. Zilvan and Takemoto. I didn't know、mm-hmm. that at all. His studio is just reached to ten years, <laughs> actually. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah, there were some people, not just me, who. Build the forms for people to hang out, and some people organize meetings or activities during the early years. So everything came from small-scale activities or ideas, or started from a few people. There might have been less than 100 furries in the early 2000s, but I guess we have maybe 300. Uh, sorry, three thousand to five thousand furries now,、uh, but but this、mm-hmm. number comes from no evidence. It's just my guess. Ah,、uh, huge growth, very huge growth. Yeah, so everything just start from small. It was、mm-hmm. probably like when you started out being a furry in Taiwan. I'd imagine that you probably knew a lot of people's names. But then it grew to a point where you just couldn't memorize everyone's name anymore because there's just too many new people joining. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't know those new people, those、mm-hmm. young furries, but I、oh, yeah. do know a lot of old faces.、Mm-hmm. Well, some people they didn't、uh, active in the fandom anymore,、mm-hmm. but if there is still people activity from old time to now. I almost know him. Right. Even watching them, 
growing up from little kids to、oh, to someone starting to work like wow, watching wow, a wow. child growing that's what, up. That's I always say like you're like the OG one of, one of the OG Taiwanese first. Do, do you know what that means? OG. It means original gangster, but here it just means someone who's been in the fandom for a long time.、Uh, I always tell people, I think、mm -hmm. JC is an OG Taiwanese.、Uh, for, yeah, you know, I, I think I, you know I, a lot of the、uh, the old faces around. Like, yeah, I look so old. Make one see that. Yeah, we we just have、um, one other question from Ray. Thank you, Ray, for these questions.、Um, and I also want to say to the other audience members, like we've picked Ray's questions. Um, but technically, there are other questions that were asked that JC answered in the、um, was asked the conchairs panel. So you know、mm -hmm. those questions were answered. So just go to that. Just go to that video if you want to.、Um, yeah, please、uh, watch it. Yes, please. It's good. Yeah, like、mm -hmm. I I I, lo I love it.、Um, you've done a lot of things both in and for the furry community, digital and physical art,、uh, events, translating,、um, etc. What prompted your journey through these different things, filling needs you see in the Taiwanese furry community, changing interests over time, etc.? And that's his question. Okay, so um, besides doing art and making website, I never knew I would be interested in those things. I just hang out in the Western furry fandom and wondered、uh, why there's no such thing in Taiwan, like. Forums, art websites, conventions, and so on. So I just try to bring these things back to Taiwan. And I think the big belief to push me doing all these things is to feel how lucky and special I am to be a furry. I have to explain what's that mean. Well, my family members and all of my school friends are just regular people. Yeah. I sold them, graduated, get a job, get married, have kids, and just live like a normal human. <laughs> and、mm -hmm. I don't want a life like that. It's so boring. <laughs> I had a few years living like that. I went to work in a company, did something that I am not interested in. And my work was drawing as well, but I feel like a ghost when I got off work.、Oh. That time, there was no goal in my life, just making money and living. But being a furry sometimes made me look at things from a different point of of view.、Uh, I noticed that、uh, what I see and what I think is. Different from these people. Sometimes I even feel that there is a capsule in my body,、hmm. and my parents are kind of、uh, open. Should I say? They give me freedom and choices for my life. So I decided to do what I really want to do, and I actually have the ability to live without following the regular path, and I really appreciate it. I also remind myself this: this is a life that I want to live. My life was recreated from the furry fandom. Wow! And that keeps giving me the motivation to do things in the fandom. 
no matter if it's about art or events or anything. So,、um, being furry could change your way of seeing your life. For me, it's not just a hobby, but more like to love who you are and live out your true self. That was beautiful. That's beautiful. That was really beautiful.、Oh, yeah. Really? Thanks. I'm crying right now. You can't see, but I'm crying.、Oh. Well, it's just and, and, my experience. I mean, yeah, that that was well said. I think that's a really good goal to have as a phrase to live out your true self and all that.、Um, but right now, we need to wrap things up, unfortunately. So, just before we go, can you give us a social media shout out? Oh,、uh, okay. So you can find my Twitter at jcdump. J C D U M P. So, uh, and my Facebook is J C Stump, but I don't use it a lot.、Mm. And also, you can always reach me via my email, J C I N T W at gmail dot com. Awesome. All right. Good. Yeah. Uh, so we definitely learned a lot about Infernity and Taiwanese furries in this fandom. We learned about its origins and how it started out. As just a group of nerds on the internet, on fan forums and all that,、uh, we learned about its、uh, influence from Japan and some from the West as well. And we learned about how, even though it's a different country, that there are still some things that are the same with the the Eastern and the furry fandoms、uh, in the West as well. But I believe that is all for this interview. Once again, thank you so much for. Taking time out of your day to join us for this podcast. Thank you, JC. Thank you so much. Like you're, you're technically our first guest for 2022. I just want to give you that honor again. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for your hard work. I really hope we can meet like before it's too late, like like、uh, like before Infinity, and maybe just have I don't know either lunch or dinner together. I would love to meet up with you again. No problem. Just yeah, we have like eight months. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Just find a time. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, this has been the Fox and Burger podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Burger, and I'm Michael the Matcha Fox. And we will see you in the next episode.、Uh, goodbye, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye, Jin.